0: Hey, this is Dirk from Uren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, OJ, and this is part two of the Ghost Cult Album of the Year countdown. In this episode, it's kefi and Tom Osman as they count down 40 to 21. As I said in our last episode, if you can guess my number one, I will give you two or maybe four coasters, not coasties. We don't have cozies. So, yeah, just sit your beer on our coasties. Coasters? 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 Yeah, that's the word. You know, the thing you sit on the table and sit your drink on top? That's what I'll give you if you can guess my number one record. You have until December 20th. Alright all right, y'all, I'm out.
1: Welcome back to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. This is our album of the year countdown series. I am Ghost Cult Kifi, the co-owner and editor-in-chief of Ghost Cult. I am super proud and honored to be joined by a relatively new member of the Ghost Cult staff for 2023, Tom osmond how are you doing sir
0: you are too kind i'm very well thank you and i'm i'm happy and excited to be here and uh ready to get into these albums with you
1: did you ever consider a career in radio you have a marvelous voice by the way
0: thank you very much it's actually when i was a school kid that was my my ambition was i wanted to do voiceovers but it never quite panned out
1: no way i worked in, my original training in broadcast journalism was for radio because i always felt like i had a face for tv now i'm all over youtube and in these videos <laughs> uh holding a microphone yelling into a stick, not unlike a singer in a band. But um, yeah, it's been wonderful having you this year. I speak on behalf of Steve and Omar. We love working with you. You've contributed amazing reviews, some great and clutch interviews, and I'm sure there's going to be more to come as you just Sent me or resent me a bunch, and um, <laughs> you know it's it's been an interesting year, 2023, in the musical landscape. So you know, it, aside from your own experience as a writer, what's been your listening year like? How how do you how did you find the year in heavy music in 2023?
0: There's been some really interesting stuff. I mean, I have to admit that because of the time that I end up spending reviewing things, I, I know there's a lot of stuff that I don't get around to listening to, and there's definitely things that I've missed. But yeah, there's been some. I I think one of the things i noticed this year is there's been some sort of i don't want to say necessarily classic bands but some sort of veterans that have popped up with really strong albums that i wouldn't necessarily have seen coming like autopsy and cryptopsy and um obituary as well, um, which quite impressed me. Um, those are a few of the things, but um, yeah, some other stuff, something that I really um, liked a lot this year was the the latest album by Ken Mode, Void. That's something that I put way up my list. Um, yeah, those are a few of the standouts for me.
1: Nice. Any bands that ended in Topsy, probably great. Any bands that ended in Y? Decent chance of being strong. I love Ken Mode. It's actually one of the first bands I ever covered before Ghost Cult. I interviewed Jesse. I covered the band live. I used to I photographed them in terrible, dark, shitty bars when I lived in Boston and New York. I have a huge soft spot for them. I can't quite recall where they landed on our final list. If they landed on our final list, there's there's been albums of theirs that have been in our top ten. There's been albums that didn't make the top 100. I don't know why, because they are very consistent and they have a unique and special sound that's just them. They sound like Ken Mode. That's what I love about them. And um, I've been a huge fan. I love Cryptopsy. And forgot about them while I was making my top twenty completely like that. Even though it just came out not that long ago, it was like, uh, I always forget a few bands. And I actually really love the Autopsy album, and I and I've been kind of keen on them, especially so because they're here in the Bay Area where I live. And I saw them live this summer, which was the first time I had seen them in quite a while, uh, because I for whatever reason hadn't seen them in a few years, in quite a few years. And they were so good live. I was like. Oh man, I'm really pumped up for this new album now. So that's rare, but fun.
0: Yeah, something else that um, I don't know if it's if it's made the list or where it would be, but an album that I that I loved, which um, I guess some people call an EP, but I think technically it's an album, is Devil Music by Portrayal of Guilt. That is something that uh, sort of stands out for me as being quite unusual. It's half sort of this hardcore black metal type album and then the other half it's chamber music with these harsh screamed vocals going with it kind of reworking the tracks from the first half and i liked some of the portrayal. i mean i liked all of the portrayal of guilt stuff before that but they're a band that just as they've progressed i like each release more and more and i'm pretty excited given that they're you know, a fairly young band to see where they're going to go from here.
1: Agreed. I really love Portrayal of Guilt. I love that they remind me a lot of Thou. Where they don't have boundaries, they don't have rules. Whatever they're feeling at the moment is what they write and come up with. They sound like themselves, but they don't. They can veer off script and take a left turn, and the fans seem to come with them. I've been lucky enough to see them live, and I have, I think, two seven inches by them for my collection. So, like, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they go next. I, I like that record as well. I probably should have memorized this, like, at least the seventy-five to one, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> but, That's quite uh, a lot to memorize. I, it's it's quite a. Well, I mean, I would say uh, there's one record. Uh, I'll, uh, spoiler alert. There's one record of the entire top 70, the final 75, that I didn't listen to at all, and I won't because I don't care okay. for them. It's like one of those. Uh, even a band that has threatened to sue Ghost Cult in the past over not liking stuff we wrote about them, I like their record and listen to it. So, you know there's room even I a very petty and unforgiving person there's room to grow and change and that's the lesson for 2023 for me you can be wrong it's okay to be wrong sometimes about <laughs> bands um so we're gonna before we go count down 40 to 21 in our series of album of the year podcasts, I'm I'm interested to hear a few more of your were there any surprises albums you weren't expecting to love that you did was there things that disappointed you I'm always interested in that process I ask this question to everyone
0: well I guess the thing I can say right now is that my... Personal album of the year is DC Special by Scream. Um I absolutely love this record and that completely took me by surprise. You know, not just by the fact that it's the first album full album they've had since the early 90s and it's the first um release or maybe they've had singles but I think the last EP was 2011. I didn't see that album coming, but that's really been something that that struck me um yeah, I I I love that album a lot. So that that's my number 1. Um the the latest swans record the beggar i actually i'm a huge swans fan but i'm not the greatest fan or i i wasn't the greatest fan of the their more recent albums even though i'd seen them live several times and i thought they were great live and actually i liked the beggar so much that i went back to some of the more recent albums and revisited them and sort of saw them in a new light so that that was um that was a very positive experience for me there's a couple of albums that we're going to talk about on this 40 to 21 part which are also high up for me um what else was there I really liked the new Oxbow album it took me a little bit of time to get into it was quite different and I it was it was interesting for me because I think Oxbow are one of these bands that are always quite unusual and they're they're sort of hard to pigeonhole and this album was in a way kind of their most regular but it was still odd like what what did you think of the of the Oxbow album
1: yeah i think i mentioned to you in an email exchange i'm a huge oxbow fan going way back to fuck fest uh, it was like the soundtrack to my junior college days 1991 92 and uh, a band i saw very early on on one of their first east coast Tours, uh, love the record. I do agree with you. It's like a little more straight ahead than I was expecting, but I love that about it. And I love the unpredictability of the band. I love Eugene as a lyricist and a vocalist. He's just dominating. And then of course I was out of town going to see Metallica in St. Louis when they were playing 10 blocks from my house. So God damn it. Uh. (laughs) Uh, And they don't play like a lot of hometown shows as a rule I think, Um, for whatever reason. They just don't play, they don't overplay San Francisco or the Bay area, though I miss them. Tremendous. Uh, I am trying to do my uh, another kind of eventual feature with Eugene, but I didn't want to, the first one in a long time to be. You know, I do love the record. And, um... It's funny that you mentioned Swans. Swans is a band that I saw as a teenager at like CBGBs on, oh, wow. a, on, a, on a weeknight when they played so much in, in New York City. And the old, all the most of those clubs are gone that they played in, but they played so much. And then I saw them again at Roadburn a while back when I was in Europe. It was going back a minute now, but they were, I was very, it's like their current in, incarnation of Swans is really strong live in yeah. terms of reinterpreting the original music people want to hear, but also kind of doing this ministry thing. Like our current stuff is as important as anything we've ever done. And you're going to hear a lot of it. So I like, I like the uh, chutzpah is an American (laughs) slang word that I like. And uh, I like the chutzpah they have to confidence to feel that their modern music should stand on equal footing with their classic stuff that's really it's really cool and more bands should do that
0: there's actually you know what there's one thing that i do want to mention because i have a feeling this is not going to make the list because i i don't know if enough other people on the on the team know about them but there is a there's a really hard to categorize french anonymous um sort of noise industrial metal electro duo called non-servium that i've been covering for the past few years and they're incredibly prolific and they have a side project they've got a a couple of different side projects and one of them's called side and they had a release uh they came out earlier this year called Satan Death Whale which is if I remember right it's actually only four tracks but each of them is about 10 or 15 minutes long and it's sort of Ambient, Noise, Drone, um, and I think they are one of the most creative bands that I have come across in, in recent years. I, Even though I, I sort of think all of these, um, you know, hyping up a band too much can be can be dangerous because then you give people false expectations. But they make me think of Throbbing Gristle in the sense of being a band that's just completely without any sort of boundaries or limitations when it comes to their music. So even though I didn't discover them this year, um, they've put out some great stuff this year. And yeah, Non Servium and anything related to that um, duo, I think, is is really worth people checking out if they if they don't know about them already
1: nice i'm a fan i know the band and their work uh actually they were played at uh, as the in-between band music at a show I saw before the summer at a venue here in the Bay Area that closed and now reopened, but they're not really having shows, naturally. Uh, I think the headliners are from your neck of the woods currently. Uh, Solar Fake, I think they're from Berlin. Okay. Uh, kind of like a little more dancey, but definitely in that, you know, a little bit of Sisters of Mercy, a little bit of early Nine Inch Nails. And then mm-hmm. Mut- M- Mutant from Texas is the opener who were terrific or one of the openers is a terrific one person solo sort of avant-garde industrial project and then they were i was like what is this this is great it's like oh that's on servium i was like oh amazing that was the that was the lead like the uh intro music for the for solar fake i thought that was fantastic Um, that is very cool and they are swell guys i keep swearing that i'm gonna do we had like one writer who's kind of retired now who was doing kind of like all the steve and i talk about horrible music to refer to slut (laughs) like like i think i've
0: seen you talking about this before (laughs) yeah
1: Prime like uh you know primitive man and Ken Mode would be horrible bands in a good way yep. It comes from from a, a former writer over a right of ours um so we say we keep that alive by calling bands horrible but I also feel like the industrial music has like and solo avant garde electronica music has a horrible mini category themselves and I keep wanting to do like I wish I could put together the I don't have the time to do like a synthwave uh you know cryo chamber records those kind of bands right you I'm sure you yeah. know the label. That, like, very, uh, you know, Uh, even Devin Townsend's weird new ambient record are like, he made it to like help calm himself down. Like, a Uh thing. And I love that about this music. Like, it's really an underloved part of music. I will uh, say there's definitely some bands in the top 75 that fall under the general umbrella of electronic, which is wonderful. Uh, And not just metalcore bands adding some beats, like actual (laughs) electronica, Nothing against those bands. I like all those bands, North Lane and Enter Shikari. I like them. I actually interviewed I have an interview coming out with Bari that was a lot of fun. So anyway, uh yeah, I'd love to do some more columns and shine more spotlights on these lesser known bands. It's hard. Uh I will say credit to the staff, man. I and mean, this is a thing that's a repeat theme. On all these podcasts, our staff is very diverse. We don't have specialists as much as we have lovers of music that have a deep well of you know subgenres they can talk about. Not a word either, but anyway, I'm still <laughs> full of too much coffee and not enough sleep. This- but um, yeah, I you know it's just one of those things. People, uh, there's always like, why didn't my band? Why I voted for this band number one? Why aren't they even in the <laughs> top whatever? And that's the uh, props to Steve Tovey again, senior editor of Ghost Cults, shepherd of the reviews team because the Democratic Processes that like it could be anybody's guess. And uh, it's weighted, so obviously bands that get any votes end up higher in the hierarchy of the list. So it is what it is. But uh, you know that's a good one. We're gonna link some of these bands in the in the description of this podcast, so people will check them out whether they're on this 40 to 21 list. Uh, and then me personally, uh, I mentioned offline some of my likes and dislikes. I think I'm gonna save my personal rundown for a unique podcast and video, and probably dish it up a little bit with Steve about some of my favorites. But people know me. They've seen the reviews that I've ended up writing. You can kind of guess which records are my favorites this year. We'll talk, some of them are on this list here today we're going to talk about. So anyway, let's let's run down this 40 to 21 and I can give you back your evening. You're very kind to do this (laughs) multi-continent podcast with me today. I really appreciate you. My pleasure. Uh, Probably the the band I have been asked about the most in 2023 is number 40 on our list, Sanguisiga Bog I practiced that so many times. I was
0: just gonna say I'm glad that you said that, not me, because I was gonna struggle with that one.
1: Everybody asks. I, I call them Snoop Boggy Bog. But uh, <laughs> Sanguisa Gabog, Homicidal Ecstasy on Century Media Records. Great old school death metal. Kind of cringy lyrics, got to be honest with you. I don't love the grind core-y lyrics, but I do love this band. They're great live. Uh, personally, what's your take on this band?
0: So this is the kind of thing that I would describe as like filthy rumbling stones in a washing machine exploding out of a volcano. It's got that incredibly deep bassy down-tuned heaviness that reminds me a bit of Torso Fuck. They actually had a a new album out, Postpartum Ecstasy, this year. Coincidentally, sort of half of the same title. Um, That's what this reminded me of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would highlight it as being an absolute standout, but I like this style.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they grow it, you know, expand on this sound at all, or if they're going to just kind of... You know, you see bands, they... They start down a path, they get some hype, is an example of a band with a lot of hype, right? You know, people are talking about them a lot right now. They've kind of evolved their sound a little bit, and it will be interesting to see if Bug stays the same, because it's what people are, or like Lorna Shore, people are so agog by them that maybe they just keep going to the well, or do they change? It'd be fun to see if they have any personal growth plans. Um, set 39. A bit of a surprise. I'm really proud of how much hardcore music is on our list this year. It was quite a good year for American hardcore, and some other scenes have great hardcore. We've done some exploring of the Scandinavian hardcore scene and things like that. But Zulu, a new tomorrow on the very well-established flat spot records now from Baltimore. That's number thirty nine on our list.
0: Yeah, this was a really interesting one for me. And I went back and looked at the the review and i I forget who reviewed it, but I saw they were they were pretty lukewarm about it. So, it's clearly been a bit divisive obviously enough people really loved it to to put it up here on the list it's um yeah very interesting combination of sounds it's that kind of hard i don't know if it's power violence exactly but big hardcore elements and then they they intersperse it with with reggae and with soul i think there was even a curtis mayfield sample in there and um yeah i'm i'm kind of all for it i think it's a really interesting combination and sort of with that that iconic name zulu having this sort of combination of violence and celebration somehow it it sort of fit the name for me yeah
1: it's a a lot like Turnstile with a little more heart and soul. I definitely like these guys. And and they are, they do have very uh, you know, politicized lyrics. That's probably where the dividing line is for a lot of people, but I dig these guys. So I'm 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 really happy. And I think that's a band to keep an eye on for their next release. Uh some, you know, some of these bands we're this this is going to be the peak for them. <laughs> and yeah. other bands are like, oh, you know, they have a lot of room to change and grow if they want to." Uh a little bit of a mild surprise at number 38. Holding Absence, The Noble Art of Self-Destruction, on sharp-tone records, kind of metalcore, kind of hardcore adjacent. Uh, Any thoughts on this band? Probably not your regular listening style of music.
0: Yeah, you've correctly identified it. So I think, you know, I can sort of take a step back from my own personal prejudices, and I can say that I do sort of see good qualities in this music, because it makes me immediately tap my toe but i kind of get annoyed that i'm tapping my toe cuz it's really not my style too sort of shiny in its approach to to doing heavy music it's um yeah i am not the i'm not the person for this one
1: no big deal that's all good and they do have some terrific choruses and i think that's probably the notable thing they have music that kind of sticks to your your bones a little bit and then they get in. a pleasant surprise and happy to report at number 37 a band especially the front person that I'm I'm super fond of. Grave Pleasures, Slake Boys on Century Media, Matt McNearney, any project he's in, I'm usually, I saw this band live several times quite a while ago. They haven't come to the States in a minute, but a uh, big fan here of Grave Pleasures.
0: I like the style. I mean, if I think about the the music that it reminds me of, you know, like Bauhaus, Susie and the Banshee's, Killing Joke, Depeche Mode, Gary Newman. It's all It's all music that I really like. I suppose my reservations with this album is it felt a little bit to me, like, it's too much beholden to the 1980s, but, you know, maybe I'm I'm missing something. Are there sort of more modern elements in this that I'm just not hearing?
1: I think this is the record they really leaned into their influences the most so i think and even maybe the recording techniques sonically i'm not sure if there's a lot of analog gear on this record but i wouldn't be shocked so i feel like in their past releases they've always kind of channeled their influences through their their own lens and this record they were just like we're gonna let it fly this is what we're <laughs> gonna so and again matt is such a chameleon of an artist he continues to to you know, shapeshift every project, every album. So you're not wrong. You're probably right about that. I, it is, you know, I want to say derivatives probably too negative a word, but definitely like, oh, that's very on the nose. (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, but there's definitely more here that I, I can say that I, you know, I genuinely really like, like for example, Heart Like a Slaughterhouse you know, that instantly hits me as being a great track. So I can, even with my reservations, I can definitely appreciate the quality here.
1: Right on, right on. Uh, speaking of hardcore and turnstile, Jesus' Peace, So Unknown, also from Century Media Records, clocks in at number 36 on our list.
0: And I think I'm almost forced into trying to say the name, but the first band that we talked about, uh, Sanguisic... Bog, I think the singer from Jesus Peace actually plays on that album, if I'm not wrong.
1: He is on that album, too. Yeah, is, uh, Pennsylvania is a very incestuous <laughs> place musically, not just Philadelphia, but the greater, uh, we like to nickname parts of Pennsylvania, pencil That's a little orange is the new black joke for you. But um, yeah, Jesus Peace, man, you know, they came up in the hardcore scene and uh, Aaron, Who's in a multitude of bands? He's intern style. He's in Jesus Peace. There are other people also show up in the band, guesting on other records. Hardcore's been a like I said, had a banner year in the states. Jesus Peace, very solid band, great band live, and and so unknown. You know, it's very cliche to say this is our best album, but this is their best album so far. I know people will prefer their earlier stuff that they first latched onto, but this is actually their most complete.
0: I like this one a lot. You know, I I love the kind of grinding heaviness of the of the grooves they're, they're in in some ways I sort of it's got some sort of orn atmospherics with some pulverizing suffocation slam to it there's a bit of machine head kind of melodic pounding in that as well I, I really like what they're doing on this record
1: right on and of course like one of the signature uh, callbacks in all of hardcore this year is that most of the bands will even if they don't swear an allegiance to new metal they love to mix it in they love to throw <laughs> in a new metal part and then they're not aware that it's new metal because it's so prevalent. (laughs) It's so prevalent, but people don't, like 20 years ago in America, new metal was like on MTV and on the radio. So it's crazy. Um, Then at number 35, here's a band I'm not sure you're acquainted with. They might make it someday. (laughs) There's a chance. We write about them every single day because they
0: are- Plucky up and comers.
1: They're plucky up and comers. Metallica, number 35 for 72 seasons on their own blackened recordings. People know my thoughts and feelings on Metallica. Uh, I'm not quite a Metallica super fan, but I'll just say I have seen them more than any other band live in my whole life after Slayer retired. So (laughs) I like the record quite a lot. What are your thoughts on, on the album?
0: I'm kind of in the middle on it and sort of in the middle on Metallica at this point in their career in general. I sort of feel like on seventy suit two seasons they're it's like they're fully comfortable in their role as metal ACDC. Um, I think it's subjectively good playing. The riffs are cool. It's got a lot of head banging, um energetic um power to it um but i do feel a little bit like if you took an ai music generator and plugged in all of the music of metallica into it and said make me a metallica record in 2023 it would maybe come out something like this and on the other hand i you know metallica have have taken risks in the past when they did the black album they you know i'm sure they lost a lot of hardcore fans then they cut their hair and they did load they've they did some anger which i actually don't hate as much as a lot of people do they did Lulu with Lou Reed which was also a big risk so I don't begrudge them for making music that's like a record that sounds like what Metallica would sound like so I'm I'm kind of in the middle with it I I'm fine with it I don't love it I don't really have a problem with it
1: right on Uh, A lot of good mid-tempo songs there for Lars, great, (laughs) great singing and lyrics and and a concept record, Metallica's first ever concept record from James and it really is autobiographical, which I do love and is really kind of a window, he continues to like flay away the layers at all his trauma and put it through music and I love that, I love that he's okay to do that, I I hope he stays okay doing it. And I love this record a lot, Um, I think it's held up since earlier in the year I listened it again recently when i went to go see them i listened to like all the whole metallic disc discography Sons, lulu because i will not subject myself to that again and i don't <laughs> love Saint anger i'm one of those people that i was like this is a painful mishmas of stuff that doesn't sound like songs as much as a bunch of parts but eh good on them good that they're on the list i actually wasn't sure if they were going to wind up like in the top five or off the list entirely and there are several major bands that did not make the list at all you'll have to listen to these this series of pods to find out and read our final post at the end of this run but some records that did not make the list at all not even the 75 or even honestly 100 because i've seen that i've seen that part of the list people don't see but, so Metallica at 35 is about where I expected the whole team to vote. And a perfect compliment to Metallica at number 34. Dying Fetus's quasi-comeback record, Make Them Beg for Death on Relapse record. You know, Dying Fetus is kind of like a can of beans or vanilla ice cream. You know what you're going to get every single time they make a record. Uh, I have followed them for a long time. I'm, I'm a fan. I I actually think I at this point I prefer them live to on record. But I thought this was a very strong record for them
0: i don't again i don't really have any major strong opinions about this album i think brutal death metal requires incredible musicianship so from that point of view the playing is great. Music-wise, I didn't really hear anything particularly exceptional on this. I would say it's just death metal to me.
1: Fair enough, and uh, if anybody has listened to the Steve and Keefe Power Hour series of monthly pods, and we're gonna record a couple today, including this album of the year series and our regular podcast but we've been talking about just the year in death metal in general. Death metal might be the singular MVP genre for music lovers, heavy music lovers. So many good death metal or variants of death metal Album releases, and so I, I'm not, I, I. This tracks for me. Let's say this Dying Fetus album tracks for me. Here's a record that I love that's in my personal top twenty. Spoiler alert: number thirty three, a band I absolutely adore, Svalbard. The Weight of the Mask, their first album for Nuclear Blast, if I'm not mistaken, uh, after a record label change. What a fantastic band! And as I often speak about with Steve, it's, it's kind of like the last couple of years have been like the year of the UK metal band, right? Almost unilaterally, so thoughts on Valbard and the weight of the
0: mask well, I, I'd agree with you i I feel very positive about uh Svalbard. I feel very positive about this album i I really like the the combination of styles that they have. I think there are certain tracks on this album where you could listen to a minute and a half of it and not even realize that it's a metal band and then it it explodes into this cacophony of intensity i i'm really imple- impressed with serena cherry's singing you know i'm i'm skeptical sometimes of bands that try and mix the sort of the the heavy and the the clean style so to speak but she has a really soulful singing voice um but the you know the the harsh stuff that she does alongside the the other singer in the band is really convincing so yeah i was i was very impressed by this not necessarily the kind of music that is exactly my lane, but I, I I really like the way they do it. I'm I'm very impressed with this album.
1: Right on, and there's been no even not a chance that they're gonna like soften blunt their style at all or going to Nuclear Blast would change the band. I don't know if anyone thought that. I definitely didn't. If you're worried about that, uh, probably the feel-good, feel-bad, feel-good story of the year, if you could take a terrible yeah, thing and turn it into a good thing. Number 32, Year of the Knives. Very, very brief. No Love Lost on Pure Noise Records. Uh, as people know, in June, the band suffered a horrific van crash that nearly killed the whole band. Uh, their front person, Maddie Watkins, was in a coma and had many, many, many surgeries and is still in rehab and recovering the band's gear was destroyed their van was destroyed i think the only thing left was like a part of a bass drum uh the crowdfunding effort uh to just get them back on their feet replace their stuff pay for their ongoing medical care for maddie and others uh was really heartwarming Dear noise is actually donating all proceeds of No Love Lost to their fund. And as we're recording this, they just went back to rehearsing with the full band. It's oh, wow. Week. She's back to rehearsing, Maddie. So... But it's a killer record, and and again, talking about the like a banner year for hardcore. I was a little surprised this wasn't even higher. It's higher on my list. I was a little surprised it wasn't higher on everyone else's. But what a very strong. For I think the record, the total record is like twenty minutes, nineteen minutes. Yes, yeah. I love it. But what do you think?
0: Yeah, well, it's wild. Just on that topic of the length of it, it's funny, you know. Some bands will put out a forty-minute release and they'll say it's an EP, and then here you've got a twenty-minute album. But uh, I think for this style of music, it's a good run length because to have that kind of screaming intensity for too much longer might be a bit hard to take, but yeah, I think this is great, and I'm really happy to hear what you said that the that the band is back and rehearsing because it was such an awful crash that they had, and such a terrible thing to happen, and such a shame that it would you know overshadow the release. But um, yeah, this is it's pretty powerful stuff in a way, made all the more powerful when you you have the backdrop of of what actually happened to the band outside of the music.
1: And I think they were actually originally planning to put this out and not put it out this year, but they had it ready to go and decided. Like, like, let's let it fly. You know, wishing the best for them. Can't wait to see them get back on stage anywhere. I'd love to go see them again in person myself. I saw them. I've seen them in some strange bills where early on uh, with a different singer. They were able to perform with other different kinds of bands. Uh, but clearly hardcore is their jam and their element. 31, this is an interesting one. Uh, Dreamwell, in my saddest dreams, I am beside you. Uh, <laughs> out, on, out on Prosthetic Records, who we cover quite a bit. And I figured this is kind of one of the releases that's probably up your alley on this section of the list
0: <laughs> is that right it's not really up my alley no i don't like this at all
1: <laughs> oh nice <laughs> i always have one of those with every single one of the, yeah, every podcast there was a famous or infamous episodes actually probably our most listened to one of our most listened to podcasts ever and the number one record is deftones and uh gaz Alcock was like yeah no mate uh, <laughs> Not at all, yeah, it's all you. go ahead and say whatever you're gonna say about them. I have nothing nice to say. I was like, "ow but well actually i
0: I shouldn't I shouldn't be so blunt about it there There are elements of this that I do like, and parts of it actually remind me of at the drive in there's a kind of like angry melancholia that that almost kind of gets me, but i I just don't really like the the kind of the screaming blended with this shiny twenty first century killers alternative rock. it's. It's just not for me.
1: Fair enough. I, I get nothing vibes from them. Like Daryl Daryl uh, Palermo. I uh, Yeah. And it's a good release. I, I figured maybe there were some parts of it that you might have liked, but okay. My bad. Here's a record by a band. I like the band and I did not like this record at all. Ah. It's number 30. Sorry, everybody. Number 30 uh, clocks in and we're more than halfway through our list with Paramore. This is why this is their comeback record out on Atlantic Records, and I love Hayley Williams as a vocalist, and I'm not, uh, obviously I'm not the right audience for a straight pop-punk emo band, although I love a lot of punk and pop-punk and emo, and I did not like this record at all, it's just way all over the place, and I did not like I I listened to it once, and I was like, that was painful, I don't think I'll have another, you know one of those.
0: Uh, Interesting, yeah, I didn't really have that reaction, but I guess I'm coming at it from a completely different angle in that I don't really have a lot of experience with Paramore, I'm aware of them, I've been aware of them for a while, but I never really gave them much time. So I kind of got to this without any particular expectations um it reminded me the first thing it reminded me of was talking heads which wasn't really what i expected but um i thought it was really well produced i i liked the kind of funky skitterish quality to some of the music um yeah i i didn't love it but it it, it didn't cause me pain
1: i'm definitely in the minority their fan base ate this record up there are stands for this band that will fight you if you say <laughs> something bad about them you're a horrible person i just didn't like the record yo like that's where I'm at. Where I landed bad with me, and I watched uh I, I try. I watched a couple of their concerts uh, over the summer. They did Lollapalooza is like streamed here on Hulu, and uh, not only did they do their own set in a very prime spot as one of the headliners of one of the days. Then Haley, who again is a, a world class vocalist, she came out and sang with Foo Fighters for a bunch of songs, which was really fun. I still hate this record. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here's just this one's this one of the surprises of the whole list for me, and, and I'll tell you why. Number number 29 is alice cooper with his record road on ear music and cooper i just saw him live with rob zombie and as usual he embarrasses anybody that tries to play with him uh his band his songs that are 50 60 years old are still better than almost anything anybody else will do and i thought this was a good record but not great it was kind of very middle of the roady to me no pun intended no you know <laughs> cliches misplaced maybe but yeah and this didn't like excite me some of his earlier stuff like Detroit's like even Detroit stories a couple of years ago, but his solo records are usually pretty strong. And I didn't love I didn't, I didn't love this that
0: much. I think yeah, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said about Alice Cooper. I think, you know, it's it's amazing to me that um Last Temptation was Alice Cooper revamping himself for a totally new generation. And that album was almost 30 years ago. Um, I think when I listen to this album, I can hear some of the 70s Alice Cooper in it. It's got that kind of the pomp and the bombast. And I think there's some some good hooks in it. Um, I feel like it's sort of got a good balance between the the sort of classic style that he came from while still having some some more modern elements. But yeah, I, I guess I was a bit surprised that it was this high up on the list. Um I, I, I quite like it, but I don't know how often I'd go back to it.
1: Fair enough. And I will also say he has a killer band and uh, his bassist Chuck Garrick is one of the principal songwriters with him, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, he used to be with, in Dio's band. So, uh, you know, good on you if you love this record. Another one, two in a row, not for me. So anyway, uh, that's how it goes. Here's a record I do love, and it, I I probably should have had this higher on my radar. This is a record I had to come around to, was, but Great Falls, Objects Without Pain on New Rot Recordings. Uh, the members of this band have been in other celebrated bands like 10, 15 years ago. So, like based on the personnel, it shouldn't be a surprise that this is killing record, but it's actually so good. Repeat listens to it. I was like, oh my God, this should, which uh, just got like a bigger push because I think it should be more celebrated.
0: Well, I feel bad about this because if i had a third arm sprout out of my chest i would give this album three thumbs up i absolutely love this record and i feel bad because i didn't actually know about it until you sent me the list and then i went and checked it out and this is exactly the kind of thing that i love it's it's not surprising to me that it's on Neurot because it's got that kind of dirty anguished defeated sort of quality that that i that i love from from albums like through silver and blood it's not it's not quite as revolutionary as that neurosis album, but I just absolutely love this sound this is this kind of existential horror is just right up my street i I love this record.
1: Nice analysis, no notes. Uh, now imagining you with a third arm come back. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Number 27 on our list, probably another one that is probably not quite for you, Silent Planet with their very acclaimed Superbloom records. Uh, also on Solid State Records, it's another band uh, label that pops up here frequently for hardcore, metalcore, and post-hardcore. Silent Planet is a very lauded band, and uh, you know I find their records have been good to great, and this is probably in between good like almost great
0: this is actually all right for me i my first initial reaction to it was i thought okay this is kind of like nine inch nails fear factory kind of vibe but it's actually got some elements to it that remind me of car bomb that sort of slippery rhythms that that feel like they're they're sort of going to fall apart but they never do um it does have elements that i'm not hugely keen on like i'm not really into the to the sort of the the emotive vocals of it but i i can't deny the the riffs and the heaviness of it this is the kind of music that for me is is good for a workout um so yeah, I'm 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 quietly positive about this one.
1: Nice, quietly positive. Moving on to a band I also saw live recently in Chicago at RIFFS Drain with Living Proof on the very well-respected Epitaph Records. One of our photographers who I'm very fond of here at Ghost Cult is Kim Hansen, and she's not from the hardcore scene. She comes from like metal and classic metal and industrial and stuff like that. And when she sees the hardcore bands, she or she shoots them. She refers to the conveyor belt crowd surfers. So they. <laughs> have that kind of energy of the cra- constant crowd surfers, constant moshers, and all bang. So this is a killer record, and I was very pleasantly happy to see it this high
0: up. I like it. I like the the kind of spewed out Exodus style vocals. Um I think there's a bit of a biohazard vibe going on here to the to the riffs. Um I wouldn't say it's anything particularly revolutionary, but I guess it's not trying to be anything revolutionary. I I like the style.
1: Yeah, they're definitely not trying to reinvent the wheel. They're just being themselves. I I like it a lot. And uh, we're down to the last few for us uh, on our segments of the list. At number 25, not a complete shock, Foo Fighters. But here we are, a record I reviewed out on their own Roswell Records imprint through RCA. Uh, You know, what can you say? I remember where I was when I found out that Taylor Hawkins died. I love that dude. I saw Foo Fighters about the year before he passed, headline a festival, and... Nine of the eleven songs on this album are about like the loss of their friend. It's really, it's really tough. If you've ever lost people, I lost someone just recently. is really hard for me emotionally. It's a, it's like hearing them do the songs live was also like uh, a gut punch again. You know, in typical Foo Fighters, you know they are kind of the Walmart of rock and roll. They are for everybody, and they know that. You know, they want to be fun, and they are funny live, and they are uplifting. But they are also, I don't want to say generic. that's not accurate but very general and you know available for the man what do you think of what did you think of the
0: two fighters are kind of difficult for me like i think they've got some absolutely undeniable perfect rock songs and i i've always liked some of their stuff but to have a whole album um is generally a bit too much for me there there were some there were some songs on this I really, really liked, like um, "Hearing Voices" and "Show Me How." Were, were two ones that stood out for me that that really had some some great melodies. You know, I think Dave Grohl is a is a is fantastic when it comes to to coming up with melodic hooks. Sometimes I think he kind of goes back to the to the sort of anthemic shouty well a little bit too often. Um, so for that reason, this album, like with a lot of others, I I don't necessarily want to sit through the whole thing too often. But yeah, I was I was pleasantly. I was pleasantly surprised with this and obviously you know the the whole backstory to what happened is is a really sad tragedy and that that sort of adds a little bit more poignancy to the to the music as a whole
1: definitely and uh, show me how i think is actually about his mom which is great his relationship the book was partially about her he did a tv show with her where they traveled around and talked about music so she's very she factors very heavily in his uh, value system that affects his songwriting. 24, this is a tough one for me, Dawn Raid, To Know the Light, Prosthetic Records again. Dawn Raid has broken up. We don't have enough anti-fascist, black and hardcore bands in the world. They felt like they reached their conclusion as a band creatively, which is a bummer. They swear they're going to come back in some way, shape, or form, possibly even as the same... Members with a different band. I'm not sure how that will work, but it's a bummer. That's a, a real a, a real champion of underground music for quite a long time. These guys.
0: I like the I like the principles, and I like a lot of the music. I was because they sort of publicized so much their their sort of political position. I actually went and listened or checked out the lyrics and and read them and looked into them more than I usually would. And I I was a bit disappointed. I, I felt like you know the the opening song, the Battle of Sudden flame i i found the the lyrics about you know only a coward fights for the state and fuck all police i thought that was a little bit adolescent so i was i was disappointed by that a, a band that I, I i wanted to like more but um yeah i i was i thought that the lyrics could have been a little bit uh more thought through even though i i do appreciate a lot of the music and i and i appreciate the stance
1: yeah fair enough and, um, you know, we'll see what they do next. I'm very interested to see this is a, it's a shame that this record's gonna be on all the list. I'm sure this record is gonna be on all the lists from every major website, and now they're not around anymore. So I don't know. I mean, maybe a, maybe rankings and reviews and these lists don't mean anything to the bands themselves. And this is a purely an exercise for fan listeners and lovers and journalists, right? Anywho, it's a weird thing we do. 23, mentioned at the top of the show, Obituary, Dying of Everything on Relapse Records. Love this record, love Obituary, long-time fan. We had a really great interview. Our uh, other, One of our other chief editors, Omar Cordy, probably should think about a new title for you for uh, 23, Omar, as you're editing this. Uh, we He interviewed the Tardy Brothers for this, and they really, I love that interview because they really went deep on the whole just really peel back the onion on this record which is something I don't get from them a lot that they they leave a lot of mystery and even though it's death metal they leave a lot they don't explain over explain things and so but I love this record this is a tremendous one from earlier in the year
0: yep i like it a lot too i think the obituary formula is is pretty recognizable they never go too far from it but they've still got the capacity to keep coming up with with inventive twists their riffs and i i like the sound of this record as well i think that's one thing you can hear the evolution of of the of the production over the years so um yeah it's it's doing what they do well and i uh, i like this one
1: also excellent here's probably one of the more interesting bands on the entire musical landscape this year wayfarer from colorado springs colorado american gothic on profound lore and uh, i get asked a lot about this band also what are my thoughts is this just a gimmick what do you think they'll do next what did you think of this record i love this record i thought it was really original and special to them there are other bands that kind of try to do the same thing but they don't do it quite like them and that's the best compliment i
0: i, I was quite surprised by this and i i think they have a very interesting aesthetic with this sort of old-timey Western vibe that they mix with black metal. There's a very grand element to the, to the riffs. Somehow it, it feels mature to me. This feels like music made by adults, but I don't mean that to make it sound like it's boring. It's, um, there's something kind of sophisticated about it, I think. And um, this might seem like a weird comparison to, to draw, but it sort of makes me think of Primordial, but instead of having the, the Irish background, it's, a, it's an American-US heritage. Um, great production I love the guitar sound I love how you hear the Kind of metallic twang in some of the sliding. Um, this is this is very very cool, very kind of unique sound that they've got going on in the whole presentation and aesthetic. I like it a lot.
1: Oh, you just took the words right out of my mouth. That was going to be my next thing. Is that very few bands have a real cultured aesthetic for their whole band, and the and uh, Wayfarer does. And I don't mean to misgender anybody. I say guys a lot colloquially. I'm sorry. I'm I'm from the East Coast and I say yo and talk with my hands a lot, even though we're not on video. And um, yeah, so I don't know if there's any theys and thems out there that I accidentally referred to collectively as guys. I am deeply sorry, but I'm just trying to check myself. Uh, Just trying to check myself here. People get very upset and in their feelings if you hurt someone else's feelings. Okay. Uh, But also sometimes people have a lot of culture, you know, like a grown apathy. So anywho, we finished this segment of the list with a band that I, I am hugely biased for and I love dearly. This is a band practically right out of my childhood storybooks. Prong from New York City, everybody. State of Emergency on Steam Hammer Records. I was lucky enough to see Prong In a parking lot, pop up stage, open for Metallica, and they ripped. They came on late, and they still played their full set, and they ripped the shit up. And I love this record. I wasn't. I actually, this is one of the few things, believe it or not, I didn't listen to this at all until the day it came out, except for the singles. And then I love this record so much. Well, I'm I'm really biased.
0: I'm really happy that we finish uh, together with, with this record, and I'm I'm really happy that you are on the same page with me because I. Love Prong I love Tommy Victor I love this album I think it's absolutely fantastic I don't think Prong have got a bad album and I I include Scorpio Rising which I also like quite a bit but this to me is one of the most consistently satisfying albums that that is on the 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 Prong catalog I think the the title track State of Emergency is is going to be a future prong classic. I I love it. This is, yeah, this is great. I, I can't say enough good things about this record, and I'm really happy for Tommy Victor that he's still putting out great music at uh, at this point.
1: Shout out to Tommy, who is not only the front person and leader of prong, he is the guitarist and musical director for Danzig, whatever you think of Danzig. He is a busy dude. You know, we uh, there's a fun video if you want to seek it out in our YouTube where during the pandemic times, I was doing a bunch of content and things. And I did this, my recollections of CBGBs and Tommy, who was the sound guy and the doorman at different periods of time at CBs. Once famously, I was looking to get paid after my band played audition night, and I was like trying to find Hilly Crystal to pay me. And I asked Tommy, "Where's Hilly?" And he screamed at me, like, "I don't know." So I always bring that up to him. He he's been a very good supporter of Ghost Cult. He he seems to like we respect him, and he respects us back. We've had a lot of great rapport with him over the years. So that's forty to twenty-one in our list. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining Ghost Cult this year. It's really been a difference maker. And I look forward to a lot of more interesting and fun adventures with you in 2024. And, uh, you know, it's just been a delight having you here. You are a gentleman and a scholar.
0: Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: All right, everybody. Take care. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast, in which we will count down from 20 to number two. I'm Keefe from GhostCultMan.com and we're out. Thanks, everybody.
0: This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Mag. Until the next time, peace.